The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We're dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and Scrum.org. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I am your host, Emily Lint, and today we're chatting with Hannah Bink. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Emily. How are you doing today? (laughs) It's doing good. So to introduce everybody to you, um, she sent me a lovely little bio, so I'm going to read that. Um, But Hannah Bink heads digital marketing at Scaled Agile, supporting global expansion and account-based marketing efforts. She has 15 years of B2B marketing experience and studied at Pennsylvania State University. Prior to Scaled Agile, Hannah spent the majority of her career in telecommunications and healthcare sectors, running global marketing divisions. It's quite impressive, Hannah. <laughs> oh, we, lot try. Of my- <laughs> we try. <laughs> so, you know, we're, when thinking about marketing, you don't instantly a lot of times think about Agile. So how did you find Agile and all that marketing experience? I applied to a job opening. It was really that simple. <laughs> uh, I work at Scaled Agile, who's the, the creators of the Scaled Agile framework and SAFE. Um, and they needed someone at the time doing partner marketing. So I just applied because that was a, a specialization of mine. Um, lo and behold, everyone at Scaled Agile does Agile. So marketing, finance, HR, product, everybody, top to bottom. Um so you could try to not do it, but you wouldn't last very long. <laughs> so it was kind of like in the culture of it. So you hadn't really experienced Agile outside of that. It was more when you when you got into Scaled Agile that you were, it, it almost seems like some of the opposite where you weren't pulled into traditional culture, you were pulled into Agile culture. Um, that's, that's exactly really, it. Yeah, that's really fascinating. That's really cool. Um, so what have you observed about the role of women in Agile community over the years since since really being a part of Scaled Agile? It's a great question. I've been part of the Agile community for going on four years now. Um, what I notice about women is, one, the community is growing. Even since I started, which really wasn't that long ago, I'm seeing more and more women's faces pop up at our annual user conference, Safe Summit, or general meetups around the world. What also strikes me is I see women really in a change agent leadership role over and over again. Now, when we think about the the lace leaders or the transformation leaders inside of organizations that are really influencing that large scale agile adoption over and over, certainly not exclusively, but over and over, I see women at the helm as these connectors, drivers of change with the clout, the authority, and the, let's say, emotional intelligence to bring all these organizations together is this sort of large-scale organizational change is not easy. And I just find it fascinating. So often I see a woman at the helm. 
That's awesome. Um, I'm so gr- uh, so glad that you see that. And, you know, I, I really agree that, you know, it brings a lot of diversity and diversity of thought into this space of the different skill sets that might be had due to, you know, socially the roles that we play. Um, so that's, that's great. Um, so today um, we're talking about agile marketing as an agile marketing expert at Skilled Agile. So how would you define agile marketing versus traditional marketing, or even if there is a traditional marketing, I'm coming from a place of really not knowing that much about marketing besides my <laughs> business degree. I took a class in it. I got, I passed, you know, that that's really all I got. So I'm sure there, there is a beautiful answer in, in even our own <laughs> courseware, but I'm going to give you mine. Uh, Agile at its core is just a different way of working. It's a different way of delivering whatever it is your work product is. So agile marketing is applying the same concepts, um, the same principles to just a marketing context. So instead of building software or building combustion engines, we're building campaigns, we're building websites, we're building content. Um, They still have to get out the door. They still have a customer that is waiting for them. Uh, They still have a lot of voices that impact how it's built and for whom it's built. So the principles transfer quite easily. Now there is nuance. Um, There's a lot of debate in the the agile marketing community around what is the right amount of time for a sprint or an iteration? Uh, Do all the the story point concepts still transfer over to, you know, writing a one pager. Um, I would argue 99% of the time, I find they transfer quite well. Uh, It's just looking at the same problem with a slightly different context. Yeah, I I really like that, that like, it almost, this reminds me even in software development or in tech, which is primarily, you know, what I'm coaching and stuff like that, you'll still have those questions of how long should be a sprint for us? And what does this conversation actually look like? And how do we develop? And it's like, you know, it might, it might be different and it might change, but the principles are still the same. So do you, do you have any specific techniques or coaching or things that you tend to go back to when you're discussing agile with marketing departments versus if you've uh, software tech departments, if you've, if you've had those discussions? So for me, it's really coming back to those critical pain points that I'm sure every marketer in the world can relate to. <laughs> um, marketing is plagued with 30 opinions before something can go out the door is heaven forbid someone not sign off on an email. Um, <laughs> I'm so feeling it right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, initial it's trauma real. just going through my head. <laughs> um, yeah. And anything we send out the door is legally binding. It, it has to be legally defensible. So there's even that much more high level of, of oversight across an organization just to send out a simple product announcement email, or, hey, there's a sale. (laughs) That should be simple, and it's not. Um, Marketing is often organized into silos. You've got event marketing in one area, you've got digital in another, and you've got um, strategists in another. These are all perfectly normal structures, 
So the concept of a cross-functional team has been applied in software for years, but these are new revolutionary concepts in marketing that make getting value out the door just so much quicker. And then the third pain point is just the amount of wait time. And I'm sure software has the exact same issue. So-and-so does some work, they hand it off to the next person, they'll get around to it in a day, three days, next week, whenever it is they have time. And next thing you know, it takes seven, eight weeks to stand up a web page that should have just taken two days. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, Agile gives us the construct to really challenge those archaic organizational structures. I love that. Um, you know, this kind of reminds me of like the value stream mapping and even like the, um, in the, the DevOps, I am blanking right now, <laughs> skilled agile. Um, but the, is it just the value stream mapping where you actually look at the process and the lead times for each? In a way, uh, value stream identification and mapping comes down to what are the steps to deliver value to a customer? Right. Often the, the example we use is just applying for a credit card. All of the steps it takes to receive, approve, deliver a credit card, and then all the systems within that that allow that flow to happen. Um, marketing is often part of that value stream, but in Agile, we're, we're talking about software so often that we forget that you know, that email that has to go out to announce someone's been approved for a credit card, marketing makes that. And it needs to be automated and it needs to be triggered off some other system. Um, the promotion to get people to be interested in that credit card in the first place, marketing has to deliver that. And the renewal, because ultimately credit card companies would like people to renew their software, their credit card. Marketing's on the hook for that. So making sure that they're not just acknowledged in the value thread or the value flow, but actively thought as part of that delivery of value to the customer creates a lot fewer bottlenecks, a lot more flow in the organization, as well as a shared understanding of what it takes to actually deliver a product to market. Yeah, no, that's great. I, that's what I was thinking about when it's when you're talking about the value stream mapping and and not only like including them in that discussion of like, all right, now that we are past the development, you know, uh, and we're we're in production now, we're or we're ready to go to production now. Looping in the marketing value stream and how that actually works and what are the different steps in that so that they can leverage the agile process. Have you had any success in doing those types of exercises with marketing departments or you know, how does that type of engagement go? Yeah, so from our perspective, we have a workshop called Agile Marketing with SAFE. Mm. Um, it's literally to teach marketers how they can either be involved in an agile release train or part of a value um, value delivery throughout the customer life cycle, uh, as well as just what is agile? How does, <laughs> how does that apply to you? Um, that's available through SAFE. And we've had a number of customers who've either incorporated marketing into their agile release trains or actually reorganized marketing as 
agile release trains of their own. Well, that's wonderful. Um, so I, I want to go also back to your second point that you made, the second pain point about the silos. And one of the things that you you sent to me as one of the takeaways was around agile marketing and organizing correctly and organizing correctly for your organization. So what can you tell me a bit about what's key to organizing correctly in terms of marketing? I can give you my opinion. I'm sure there's a lot of schools of thought on this. Uh, in oh, that's why we're talking to you agile. today. Is your opinion. <laughs> Inside of Scaled Agile, we recently went through this exercise. We reorganized our entire marketing organization. Um, although we are part of the Agile release train, our marketing teams were really organized in silos. And we had an event team who were responsible for delivering and organizing all our event marketing. We had a digital marketing team who similarly is responsible for that. And we had a, a market strategy team who was doing all the market research and uh, go-to-market planning that informed the other two. What we found was the bottlenecks were painful and the red string, if I could talk about the program board, the red string was just ridiculous. So the market strategists were coming up with these beautiful campaigns and then they go over the fence to an implementation team who doesn't know why they were designed the way they were. And the market strategists don't understand why they can't get out the door faster or why they weren't built the way they thought they were gonna be built, crazy. Or the event marketing team is planning an event in, I don't know, Bulgaria, and the digital marketing team has no idea, so they can't create plans around the event to create a larger message. Similarly, the event marketing team has no control over digital marketing, so they can't even promote their events that they're planning without a dependency on another team. You can imagine how much red tape this creates unnecessarily inside an organization that is agile to our core. So we stopped and asked ourselves some pretty hard questions, starting with the customer. It's really about customer centricity when you're starting down this path, because it doesn't really matter where event marketing sits or market strategy. It matters how value is delivered to the customer and can we do it in a consistent, viable, feasible, and defendable way. Delivering value starts with the customer. It's all about customer centricity. They're, they've got to be the beginning and it really doesn't matter where you put your functional people. It matters on how value flows through those functional employees to ultimately deliver value to the market. This was, this was an absolutely critical exercise for us. Um, and it forced us to think about the way we work in a, a, a wildly different way. And as well, build empathy for our customers who are also reorganizing around value all the time. After we completed that exercise, it's now been six months since we reorganized and cycle time is actually down 6% across all of marketing. And that doesn't sound like a lot. You're like, okay, 6%, that's fine. But when you think about a corporate reorg, 
people took on new jobs. There's new teams, there's new product owners, there's new scrum masters. All of that reorganization should, if you read the business books, lead to lower efficiency. But with all that change, we're actually improving efficiency as well as introducing a lot of change. And I think that's a testament to how important it is to organize around the customer, not however you think about your organization, in our case, marketing. Yeah. No, I love that. That should be a skilled agile case study, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, you know, I'm kind of curious. You you talked about exercise and you talked about um, centering on customer centricity, customer value. Can you tell me a little bit, you know, kind of step me through what the process was as much as you're able to, right? <laughs> like without, without giving away, you know, any scaled agile secrets or anything like that. But, you know, what, what were some of the things that you had to walk through to get to the reorg that you have now? So we started with the easiest thing to think about, our big annual user conference, Safe Summit. Um, which is coming up in August 2022, if anyone cares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I think August 23rd, 24th, uh, get your tickets now, you know. <laughs> uh, that for us is, it's a lot of work to get that planned, organized, contracted, promoted, get all the recordings of it out the door afterwards. It's a ton of work. So it was a really easy place to start because everybody works on it. (laughs) And we ask ourselves, if they were a team, a dedicated team to delivering value, what would they need? The obvious, excuse me, the obvious answer that came to mind was one, being able to promote their own event without having to ask for capacity from anyone else having the talent on staff to not only prepare the creative, but deliver and measure the impact of that marketing effort, that that became obvious right off the bat. Um, When we had that event as a blueprint, the the other flows of value became very obvious very quickly. We have a team dedicated to account based marketing as a methodology. Uh, Account-based marketing is instead of marketing to the world, what if you focused on exactly one company and only what keeps that company up at night? Uh, it's It's a very nuanced area of marketing. And in our old setup, we really couldn't innovate fast enough because we were too busy doing other things. But now with a dedicated team, they have all the tools they need to deliver value without running into the capacity bottlenecks of all the other things we have going on. Um, does that answer your question? No, no, it does. I think it, and it gave me, I love, I really like the idea of, you know, and it almost, it's making me think about other organizations and other things going back to like, okay, like what's a blueprint of something that we do all the time every year you know, or every quarter that we can then take a step back. That is customer centric, you know, that is some type of regular release, take everything away. And then let's start with that. Let's start with the value and how that works to get that out the door and then go back to, all right, what's the whole rest of the system? What's the other parts that we need to get done? Um, Just to kind of conversation. 
Um, I really, I really like that, especially if you're talking about like large organizations, you're talking about the flow of value to the customer. It's like, you know, if you're talking about a big organization, you know, insert organization here, that could be a ton of things, but then starting with one and then moving back from there, something that's regular, something that's known, and then moving Mm -hmm. back from there, seeing what you can learn. And then from there, start to figure out what are the different pieces that are, that are missing. So I think that's a really good model that you could use across agile implementations. So thank you. Um, so I, I did want to key into a couple of things um, around coaching customer centricity and business value within marketing departments. What's kind of your advice go to for that discussion? So it, it, it sounds so obvious to marketing because we're, we're literally taking products to an end customer. That is the job. But on the day-to-day, you get kind of stuck in the minutia of the work. Sending an email requires two meetings and an overview review and three sign-offs or whatever it takes to get something out the door. And before you know it, your, your whole world then gets pulled into the process over the customer. What I like about SAFE is it requires you to pause. That pausing function in the IPSPRINT or the IP iteration, from a marketing standpoint, gives us just a little space to sit back and think and regroup. So when before we walk into PI planning, marketing likes to get together and regroup on one, what is our North Star as an organization? Just What is our definition of success? What are we trying to do across the board, even though everybody's got their their own role? Then beyond that, we circle back to our personas. Now, personas exist everywhere. They persist. They exist in product management. They exist in solution building. And they exist in marketing. Coming back to those personas, what keeps a persona up at night? Why do we do what we do? How do we know that we've served them? And often, as we learn things, you'll develop new personas that then need to be re-educated. I find that that pause, which for us happens every uh, three months or so, it allows everyone in marketing to get re-centered on the customer by starting that prep with the customer intent. And then PI planning, when when you're going through business intent, starting that with the customer as the central story you're telling, every conversation after that around process and who's gonna build what and when is it gonna be done, you're starting with the customer as opposed to circling back to them. And that really starts with the leadership, the management. If the customer is not at the center of what they're doing. I don't see how they can expect anyone on a team to keep it at the center. I I love that. I love the idea of like starting PI planning with the story of the customer and even like right before PI planning going, all right, we're about to go into this big, huge, sometimes stressful event. We're going to get all our stuff together and we're going to talk to a bunch of people and it's going to be exhausting. So let's remember who we're <laughs> doing this for, you know? <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. 
just having that checkpoint and having that touch base like with yourself and with your whole team while you have some space and some time to do it instead of just being like, let's rush to make a backlog, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So One thing Scaled Agile does particularly well, Mm -hmm. because we also do PI planning, we invite a customer every PI planning to come present. So at the end of day one or day two, they'll do maybe a 10 minute presentation of how they view state to serve their customers. And they'll open up a Q and a for us to ask them. So people who wouldn't normally actually get to meet a customer once every three months, get the chance to face to face, ask questions and understand how our products being used in the market. And this is something I hope all of our customers are doing with their own PI planning. It's such a unique opportunity to invite an actual customer in to talk about the impact of people's work and how they use it day to day. Even if it's just an internal customer, I say just, even if it's an internal customer. It's like uh, a little C to a big C, you know. (laughs) uh, Talking about how they're using Salesforce or using whatever platform the team is working on or the team of teams is working on, it's so powerful to re-energize to what you said can be a pretty stressful or draining experience. It just brings life back into the whole conversation. That's great. And it brings like a human experience back to the whole conversation that like, it's not just the work. It's not just the getting the features in and doing the task and tracking progress. This is really to impact people and to make people's lives better. We had CVS come and speak at one of our PI plannings and it was the group that was responsible for the distribution of COVID vaccines. And there were tears from our employees because we, we think about the day-to-day work of getting safe out the door, but when we think about how people are applying it to the work they're doing, it's truly transformative. Um, yeah, that's just the power of having a customer to come and talk about the personal impact of people's work. That's how you stay customer-centric. Wow. That's... Ah. It's like really inspiring, really cool. And I'm glad you guys could have that experience and got to really see that in the room um, and are doing that type of impactful work. Um, so let's, let me go back to my questions here. Um, so what are some of your telltale signs for marketing might need to go through this type of, you know, come back to customer moments of your, you know, come back to Jesus moments, come back to customer moment. How do you, how do you really, how would you, how would you advise that that would happen? What are some of the things that you might see? So for us, the telltale signs were employees were complaining that they didn't have autonomy and agile at its core is empowering people to get work done without a lot of oversight. And they felt like they couldn't get anything done without an exorbitant amount of approvals or meetings. So that was a a pretty big indicator that we were not organized for the customer or delivering value to the customer. Um, When we saw cycle times going up, you know, hopefully your, your scrum masters are paying attention. And if you're in a marketing organization that hasn't adopted agile yet, just starting 
with the Kanban board, just tracking and vis visualizing work so that there's no hidden work is such a good first step. But as you are watching that, if you're watching those cycle times go up and up, or your meeting count is going up, 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 it's a pretty good indication that you're organized for process, not delivering value. Um, those for me are pretty big red flags. I've never really thought about meeting times going up or like having all days in meetings that that might be a telltale sign of disorganization. Usually we all feel it and we're all like, this is a problem. I shouldn't be in meetings, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day. But uh, if people need me, <laughs> I'm going to be there. <laughs> right. Um, but that, that sounds like, um, that definitely sounds like a new thing to, to kind of keep in mind. Um, I can tell you personally, <laughs> in just the first month after we reorganized, my meetings went down 20% in just the first month. Because suddenly I wasn't organizing with other POs trying to coordinate when things were going to be handed off or trying to get something off the backlog to make room for it. Suddenly all the decisions were just in the team. And I didn't have to spend all that time coordinating. <laughs> oh, breath of fresh amazing? air. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, other people are making decisions for their work? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know, is there anything else around, you know, agile marketing and the reorg that you guys went through, which by the way, I really appreciate personally getting to talk to somebody from Scaled Agile, you know, and they're, you know, you guys are the makers of the Scaled Agile framework and you guys saying, you know what? We had a moment of where we were, we figured out something wasn't working or we didn't organize correctly and people weren't feeling the strain and we were, we were having all these meetings. It really, it makes, I feel like it's going to make people <laughs> on the other side of things go, oh, okay. Yeah, it can happen. It can even happen in scaled agile. Like, you know, I don't feel so bad that we maybe got on the wrong path, you know, or we were causing more problems than we were solving at a certain point in time, as long as we learn from it and grow from it. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. It, it happens to literally every company, even Scaled Agile. Um, we do recommend that even if you have organized value streams and you've gone through this process, we find that companies revisit them every one to two years because one, your customer changes, two, your people change, and three, your corporate priorities change. So the idea that all those things can change, the market could change, your workforce could change, your priorities could change, but the flow of value, that stays for 10 years unchanged. <laughs> this is my value stream map. <laughs> this, this is my identification. This is how it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> into eternity. That, that feels like a disconnect. <laughs> so part of continuous improvement is, is revisiting that flow of value and asking yourself the tough questions, sometimes uncomfortable question of, is this still the way we deliver value to the customer? Could it be better? No, that's great. All and, right. Um, Awesome. So is there any question that you wished I would have asked that I haven't yet? Uh, feedback from the team members. 
Do you want me to just answer? Yeah, I was like, do you, I was like, <laughs> what do you want me to ask in terms of feedback from the team members? <laughs> so, so getting ready for this podcast, I knew I was going to talk about how we reorganized marketing. Um, before I went on a recording and said, oh, the reorg was amazing. <laughs> I thought maybe I should ask the team members, do they think the reorg was amazing? Because the data looks great. But as a graphic designer in marketing, do you think it's great? Yeah. How did and I got feel, really, you know, yeah, I got really interesting feedback. Um, now, obviously, we did a retro, but I really just wanted candid responses. Overwhelmingly, here's what I heard. I heard I am able to do my job so much faster and I'm in fewer meetings. Fantastic. Who doesn't want to hear that? A plus. <laughs> I heard I understand more why we're doing the work we're doing. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, as a marketing leader, there's nothing more you want for your team members than to understand why we're doing what we're doing. But I also heard drawbacks. I heard from team members that although they have more autonomy and they can get work done more, they're struggling to know what the rest of marketing is doing because they don't have those dependencies. They're not cued into what every other team in marketing is up to. So then it creates a new challenge. As you decentralize decision-making and you organize around the customer, that's great. You're breaking down silos. Fantastic. But generally, as an organization, you want to know the bigger picture. How does all this connect to each other? And how do we stay aligned uh, around a central marketing vision? We've had to take steps to, to work towards that. We've now introduced a all-hands-in-marketing once a month, where people come with some pretty uh, illuminating questions. It's, it's open to any team member to ask any question they want directly to the CMO, and they make use of the time. <laughs> Radically no... transparent, you know, is skilled ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's opened up either understanding inside the teams of why we've made decisions we have, or two, it's brought something up the ladder that we didn't even know was a problem. So it's getting the right level of visibility to solve it. Um, that's been really, really wonderful. And then taking ample, ample use of that IP iteration, that IP sprint to make sure that we're resetting what's the North Star for marketing and then who is the customer even if it's the 40th time you've heard about the personas, you're going to hear about it 41 times. <laughs> the customer is the point. Oh, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Um, you know, we're I was just talking about it's great to hear about the transformation, but not only that, but that you're saying, all right, we transformed and now everything's good, right? Yeah, nobody has any complaints. Nobody has any worries. Fantastic. No, you guys were like, so we just did this huge thing. Did it work? And how did you how did you feel? Like we can see the numbers, that's great. But if we like destroyed your life in the process, increased efficiency is not really that important here. Um, <laughs> so kind of getting that getting that touch base with your people, um, and that sounds like an amazing idea to, to happen at any point in time. If you make that shift or if you re readjust based on value, did it work? And 
and how did you feel having that empathetic moment? Um, yeah. And it's not just enough. And this is true for any department anywhere in the world. It's not just enough to introduce change. You have to communicate and re-communicate and communicate until you're tired of communicating. And then maybe, maybe you've said it enough that everybody got the message. <laughs> and from an agile marketing perspective, it's painful to hear, but it's built into what marketers do. We know one time is not enough. You have to reiterate over and over again. If you want to introduce change inside a marketing organization, treat it like a marketing campaign. How would you communicate this to customers? Okay, now your customers are your employees. How will you communicate to them? Well said, well said. Um, so outside of, or whether inside or outside of marketing, what are you doing right now for your own professional or personal growth? What are you reading? What are you interested in? Uh, right now I'm, I'm studying up on account-based marketing. Uh, we launched a pilot nine months ago, and now it's starting to scale. So I'm learning about scaling account-based marketing. Um, additionally, I'm learning a lot about workforce strategy, which is an HR discipline, totally outside of my wheelhouse. But the, the reorg has triggered a lot of questions about employee development and how do we create career paths inside of our organization that are sustainable and um, organized in such a way that any people manager can implement them. Uh, so that's been interesting. A lot of my learning is coming through a program called LinkedIn Learning. Um, I even broke down and bought an annual subscription. I strongly recommend it. I've enjoyed it greatly. I also subscribe to Marketing Profs, which is a skill development platform for marketers. Uh, I also go to their, their conference every year and strongly recommend it to any marketer who's looking to, to grow their skill set. Do you sleep, Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you doing anything for your professional growth? Yes, everything. In fact. <laughs> Um, that sounds great. I think those are a lot of great resources for people. Um, and I'm really interested about those. I remember us having it as a part of it. Um, so maybe that's a, you know, a next topic to have uh, for, you know, what are you learning in terms of those employee development plans and hiring roadmaps? And, uh, you know, how do you design that for an agile organization? That sounds like a really cool agile HR topics. But <laughs> we'll, put a, we'll put on a pin in it for now um, and to be continued. Um, so what final wisdom would you like to share with our listeners today? Always start with the customer. Uh, we've said it a few times in this call. Um, the customer is the point. It is the reason we go to work. It is the reason we have jobs. So why would you leave that? As, as a footnote, every conversation you have in terms of product development or the direction or your feature backlog or even iteration planning should start with the customer. Otherwise, what are we doing? Why are we even here? Just to be busy? I can go be busy somewhere else. There's plenty <laughs> of things in this world to keep me busy. 
go to work to accomplish something, it should start with the customer. Awesome. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom and for your time today. Um, so, And thank you for everyone who's listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It is brought to you in partnership with the Women in Agile nonprofit and scrum.org. We hope you've learned something new and exciting about agile marketing and in scaled agile and how they're they're restructuring um, and some of the things that, that they're learning from. And I invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. Um, please go online to women in agile, all lowercase, all one word, dot org to learn more about our initiative and find more inspiring podcast conversations. Thank you so much today, Hannah. I learned so much and uh, I thought this was a really cool conversation about, you know, some of the inner workings there at Skilled Agile and also some of your perspectives and the things that you're working through in the agile marketing space. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Women in Agile podcast. It's brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit organization and scrum.org. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or a coworker about the podcast. And as always, you can go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find additional inspiring podcast conversations. <laughs>